What the Actual Fork podcast is co-hosted by two intuitive eating registered dietitians, yours truly, Sammy Previtt, owner of Fine Food Freedom, and Jenna Warner, owner of Happy Strong Healthy. We can't stand diet culture bullshit and love keeping it real. Our mission is for all humans to believe that they are made for so much more than chasing a smaller body. We are also here to share with you that food can be fun and pleasurable again. Although we are medical professionals, we are human beings too. We are not afraid to share our deepest, darkest secrets and how many years of our lives were taken by diet culture. We started this podcast so no human has to feel alone in their journey towards food freedom. So get comfy and join us for a casual combo where you can expect to laugh, cry, learn, and grow. We are so grateful that you're here. So if you enjoy this podcast and want to connect further, we invite you to follow along on Instagram at what the actual fork pod and subscribe, rate and review our podcast so we can continue to share this message with more and more people. Now let's get into it. Welcome back to another episode of What the Actual Fork Podcast. Jenna, I haven't seen you in so long. No, it's really been forever. And I've been like sitting on all of these thoughts that I'm like, I'm going to save this for the podcast. I'm going to save this for the podcast. Um, And the day has come and I remember like three of them. Amazing. I know we need to start like a a text chain about it or like a note in our phone. I do that a lot. (laughs) But okay. So I want to ask you your, what the actual fork moment, but before I do, I want to read the latest five-star review that we got. And I don't even know how to say the person's name because it's like Estan Estasny. Estasny. It could be like, you know how people use usernames. So it could be Estas New York. Yeah, that's why I, I don't know if it's like NY. I don't know. <laughs> so we're going to go with Estas NY because <laughs> I don't know. But <laughs> this is a, an amazing five star review and always good to give a shout out to the resource that they talked about too because there's. We could talk about this every single episode. It's so important. So they wrote, no way boundaries. I just listened to the episode about setting boundaries and it was so helpful. As a weight inclusive RD, I'm always looking for ways to work with my patients on this. I appreciated the info on noway.org. And again, that's W-E-I-G-H. So noway.org website and resources. Thank you super helpful. Mm -hmm. So they are referring to the episode we did when we gave and highlighted Dr. Asher Larmy's resources of noway.org. If you do not want to be weighed at the doctor's office, you do not have to. And we recommend that website all the time. And I'm happy to report, I went back to the doctor today, actually. And I thought about, you know, like how, where am I mentally? Like if I do step on the scale when they ask me, because I am pregnant and that's just part of the appointment, like how I will feel. And, you know, do I want to say no? And when the nurse came in, it was a different nurse. Thank you. Um, and I was like, you know what? I'm just, it is what it is. And, um, she didn't even say the number out loud. She just wrote it down and it was super respectful and that's how it should be. Um, so just, you know, boundaries can be set all around and you can always go with how you're feeling in that moment too. But I want to tell you my, what the actual fork moment, because it has nothing to do with food and nutrition and everything to do about like my mama pair instincts coming out. And I just like, I haven't told anybody this and I was screaming on the inside and 
just like a PSA to be a good human. Okay. So we were in the Bahamas last week and we were coming home Saturday. So today is, I don't even know what day it is. Today's Tuesday. This is this Saturday. Okay. So this is the 10th. We're on this flight or we're getting on the flight. We had to check out of our hotel at noon. My son typically naps between like 1231 o'clock until about three, three 30. Okay. So he didn't nap that day because we had to check out of our hotel room at noon. So we kept him active. We were at the pool. Our flight wasn't until five o'clock. We didn't have to leave to the airport till three-ish. So (laughs) we get to the airport. He's got all this energy. He's in the best mood. Like this kid was a goddamn champ. Okay. We get on the plane. My parents are also on the plane. There are a couple rows in front of us. And Noah's like standing in his seat and just like happy screaming out like, Grammy, Papa, where are you? Like, and playing like peekaboo with them from like a couple rows away. Anyways, long story short, the girl in front of me is probably like, I was telling my babysitter or nanny this story this morning. I was like, she's probably your age. She was like 20. Um, And she's in front of me. She has a row of friends with her in the row in front of her. And... I see her like, I'm using my phone right now. I see her like going like this with her phone up and down, like she's recording something. Um, And Noah was right behind her. Okay. And I'm watching her like real closely. Um, And I see her start typing and I see her typing. I can't believe I'm sitting in front of this monster of a child screaming on my flight, please kill me or the kid. Okay. No. I fucking lost my mind. What did I you do? Tapped her on the shoulder. Matt saw me go white. Like I'm pretty tan right now. Matt saw me go white. I tapped her on the fucking shoulder. She had headphones on. She like pulled her headphone out and she looks back at me. I said, you're going to stop Snapchatting my fucking child right now, or I'm going to take your phone. And she looked at me. She's like, I'm so sorry. And I was like, no, 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 no. Like delete it. Like she was recording my kid. And it and was saying being that so someone cute. should kill him. Like, and she was, he was being so cute. <laughs> like, it's not like he was like actually screaming or crying, which even no. if he was, doesn't matter because he's a child. He was and saying he's hi to, to my mom and dad and playing peekaboo. And like, honestly, like trying to get this woman's girl's attention to like say hello to her. Cause like he's yeah. in this phase right now where he's like, my name's Noah. What's your name? And so he was like trying to do that. I'm like getting itchy and sweaty thinking about this because I just think about like the stress that mom's under and parents undergo getting their kid on an airplane and like we don't need that also like that's illegal like you're filming my son without my permission and I told Matt I was like if that was on Instagram I would have taken her phone and figured out like who she was and deleted everything because it was Snapchat like I because I saw like the interface like I was like a little bit more okay with it um because I watched her like then stop I watched her the whole rest of that fucking flight like the she was like right in front of me I watched the whole thing um yeah but I lost my mind and I just think I think, and Matt said to me, cause I was like, I'm just going to record her. And he was like, don't risk like your career and platform for someone that doesn't matter. But like, I just think about how easy it is for somebody's entire life to change from a scenario like that, like mm-hmm. to be made an example of on an airplane or like, you see those stories go viral all the time. I was going to or- say, I'm thinking of like three right now that are of the same caliber, basically. Right. And it's just, it's very scary. And it's really scary because you don't know like what people are doing and looking at and how they're responding. And oh my goodness, my like spidey senses went up and he was like, breathe. Like he was like, his hands on my shoulder. Like you have to calm down. Um, But yeah, it, it was a lot. 
anyways, you, and do you have anything? <laughs> I'm so sorry that that Crazy, happened. Right? And That's the kid just... slept the whole rest of the flight or watched his iPad. Like he was an angel. I'm like, this could have gone so differently for you woman. And like, I wouldn't have stopped him from hitting your chair if he was awake and a monster because you suck, but he was an angel. Like I couldn't even believe it. It's like, who actual are you? <laughs> angel baby. Um, my, what the actual fork, I actually did a quick TikTok on this made, I think it was yesterday. I went out for a quick lunch. Um, and this like local spot, cause I'm renting an office for when like construction days are really loud at our house. And I go up to the counter and I actually have never gotten food here. It's like a smoothie slash food place. So I've never ordered like solid food. I've always gotten smoothies. And they were like, um, he was like, so were you looking for something like healthy? Oh and I was like, like you picked the wrong girl. I'm like, motherfucker. <laughs> but I did a video on how, like, just educating how it, it was so apparent that obviously what the, and he looked, he was like a 20 year old, like beach bruh, like working at the <laughs> counter, you know, like college student summertime. you know what I mean so like what he deems healthy is oh, different yeah. than what I deem healthy but I was thinking about how like a comment like that would have made me super triggered like back in the day if like if I had my heart set on something and then maybe he would have said that to me and I would have been like oh I do need to get something that has like way less calories or is only green or you know whatever or is he gonna diet- judge what I do order yeah like what the diet culture version of me thought was healthy versus for me now I'm in this stage of motherhood and life where like I I've shared this before on previous podcasts but my relationship with food is ebbing and flowing so much where it's just like not food is not a priority when I have like Mm. my my child and my job and like I know I need to fuel and nourish myself so any time that I make dedicated time to eat at this point in my life I'm trying to get as much energy aka calories in as possible Hmm. because I'm really struggling to listen to my hunger cues and I just kind of like push them aside again not intentionally to shrink my body Mm. but just because of this season of life so so interesting because I went and actually saying like you know these stupid places have calories on the menu but in this sense I was like what what has the most Mm. because I have pushed it too far and I need to nourish myself and so I was like oh my god this is such a fucked up like situation of like the old me would have been like, I need to have less. Now I'm like, no, I need more. And his definition of healthy is different than mine. So I feel like we definitely have a episode on how to define health or what does healthy one. mean to you? Yeah, we should write update that. <laughs> we'll, we'll write that in our phone note. Um, but I know we have one that has some type of title like that. So definitely, I know, who was it? Um Rachel, ooh, we did the like gentle nutrition Hartley. one. Yeah. Rachel Hartley, we did one. I could look up what episode that is. Um, because she has an amazing book on gentle nutrition. And I know we talked a lot about what the word health means in that one. Yes. So that I would actually be just a... recommended that book on a live I did yesterday too, because I think it's amazing. amazing. People were asking for resources on like I've read intuitive eating, like what should I read next? And that's always yeah. one of my recommendations. Awesome. So yeah, definitely check out our episode with her. If you're interested on like, wait, tell me more about what you meant when, you know, your diet culture version of health versus now, because now health is so much more like mental, physical, emotional for me. Well, I think that's such a great, thank you for sharing that. And it's such a great example. And I mean, I shared a lot of this on my stories this past week when I was away and 
a lot of that same like connection because, and I think we should do another episode all about travel. Cause I now have like a whole new perspective on it. Um, but one of the things that I thought was really interesting, like, you know, I am pregnant, so it's a little bit different, you know, digestively for me, like for sure. I, would maybe not necessarily need to think about this if I wasn't pregnant, but like when you're pregnant, your digestion slows down. There's a lot of shit getting in the way of your intestines at the moment. And, Mm -hmm. you know, going to the bathroom when you're traveling slash pregnant is just, it's harder. So for me, for this trip that I just went on, I grabbed like right before we were actually leaving for the airport, I grabbed, I had this bag. This company was so nice enough to send them to me. They're called Let's Be Besties, I think they're called. Um, and they're just like these higher fiber crackers that do resemble the infamous Gigi cracker. I saw but- your post and I was like, is Jenna back on the Gigi train? <laughs> So they sent me this box of them and I tried them. They're, you know, they're fine. They've been sitting in my cabinet forever, but I'm like thinking to myself, you know, I really would love to make sure I stay regular on this trip. And when you stay at a hotel, there's not often like a ton of opportunities for the higher fiber options. Right. So when I got there, I didn't even open them until like more than halfway through the trip. And it's interesting to me because I opened them because I was starting to have anxiety about how expensive the food at the hotel was. And like, there was like breakfast option each morning. That was like a buffet that was great for Noah, but you had to pay for yourself too. Cause he would eat free. And it was like $40. And I'm like, I'm getting a fucking omelet. Like I don't want to pay $40 for an omelet yeah. and the kids eating a croissant. Like this doesn't make sense in my brain. So like I would go to this coffee shop and get him a croissant in the morning and he was thrilled. And I'm like, they have, I have an, a nut allergy and they have this like awesome, like yogurt bowl that of course had nuts in it, but the nuts were separated. So like there was like a a thing in between it. So I'm like, I'll crumble up these crackers, get some carbs in there, get some fiber, crush my fruit in there too. And now I have a $6 breakfast. That's also giving me fiber. My kid couldn't be happier. And like, it was just this full circle moment for me of like, in the past, I brought these to control every morsel of food that went into my mouth and I still ended up miserable. And today I brought them purely for health reasons and I'm eating mm-hmm. them for health and financial reasons. And financial, um, absolutely. Right? And I'm feeling super confident about that and was able to maintain regularity on the trip without compromising anything. And so I think it's like such a cool thing when you can really understand the difference between a food preference and a food rule, which we talk about a ton too, um, which is a really hard thing to really break down because the line is so goddamn blurry. Okay. Wait, write that down. We need to do another episode on food preferences versus food rules. And my favorite topic, (laughs) such good examples because we have a thousand of them that we have done ourselves that again, now we're like, it's so different. It's so different of the reasoning, the the intentions behind the preferences. Because I think as you're going through your own journey, you may feel like, and I don't want to put words in people's mouths, but for me personally, it made me feel like, well, am I ever going to be not allowed, but able to eat for, we'll talk about Lindsay, a salad ever again, right? Or Mm -hmm. is this just going to be something that always reminds me of, you know, a past version of myself that I want to forget? And Mm -hmm. I think like that full circle moment for me was like, 
I'm never going to like grab for these things. Like I'm never going Mm -hmm. to crave them, but they could serve a purpose in my life that is different than what they did in the past. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's like a pretty cool thing, like just to be neutral about. Yeah. And I think that's where there's a lot of misunderstanding about like food freedom and all, you know, intuitive eating if people think just it's eat just, the donut. The, just eating the donut. And it's like, oh no, you're not allowed to pack a high fiber cracker on your vacation. That's not it's food freedom. Yeah. So it's- And it's, Evelyn but- even, like she confirmed this statement in our episode with her a couple episodes back, if you haven't listened to that one, that like the most- confused people about intuitive eating are the ones that are saying, just eat what you want whenever you want. Like it's not actually, that is perhaps part of it, but that's not the intention of following that lifestyle. Yes. Love that. Love that. Love that. Okay. Tying that with the bow as (laughs) you are. As I already said. Jenna and I have talked about how we are both undergoing a little bit of home renovation projects. And what I'm looking forward to most is when my home renovation is done, our master bedroom will no longer be under construction, which means I can get back in my master bedroom with my king bed and my cozy earth sheets. Once you go cozy earth, you don't go back. And I mean that. They were named one of Oprah's favorite things. They are the best-selling bamboo sheets with temperature-regulating material. And they are incredibly soft. When I just want you to think like luxury, luxury, luxury. And I remember before I got married back in, what was that, 2017, when my husband and I were doing our wedding registry. I was trying to find sheets to put on my registry and I did not know about Cozy Earth. And now I will not sleep on anything else. I've even been known to pack my Cozy Earth pillowcase and bring it to hotels with me. That's how serious I am. So I really, really, really want to encourage you to give Cozy Earth a try if you're looking for a good night's sleep in some comfy sheets. Cozy Earth has provided an exclusive offer for our listeners today, 35% off their entire site. So that's for not only the sheets, but the jammies too, which I love. And that is when you use the code FORK. Again, that is 35% off site-wide when you use the code FORK. Make sure to send us a DM, whatever products you get, and let us know how you like them. So we need to talk about our amazing guests who we got into so many good things today. Talked a lot about sex and intimacy, which we haven't done on a lot of episodes. Linda, stop listening to this episode now. (laughs) My mom. And Linda is Jenna's mom. Um, But Lindsay, you probably know her. If you are an elder millennial who is interested in dating, then you definitely know her. She is the founder of We Met at Acme. She's a native New Yorker and host of the We Met at Acme podcast, which has amassed over 7 million downloads since its creation in 2017. Lindsay has also has a food blog called Don't Expect Salads, which we get into today with over 110,000 followers. And since creating We Met at Acme, Lindsay has expanded to touring over the country and also continues to host mixers and events around New York City. So if you are in the New York City area and looking to meet a potential partner, you're definitely want to get give uh, We Met at Acme a 
follow on Instagram. And you guys are good to hear like the origin story of what Acme she's talking about because Sam and I didn't know. Yes. Um, and also the topics today are really about dating and health, body image, and your own relationship with food and dating in general. Um, and we talk a lot about confidence, which I think is something that we don't really touch on in the episodes or in mm-hmm. typical episodes at all, but it's super important, relevant, and it was a really great conversation. Yeah. And I feel like you and I shared a lot of like personal yeah. stuff on this episode that because we're always talking about relationship with food and body, but our own relationships with our now husbands and where we were with our own relationships with food and body then versus where we are now, which is and the really most cool embarrassing thing that, that I did on my first date with my now husband. You'll just have to listen. <laughs> oh, I love that. All right. Well then let's get into oh. it. Well, Lindsay, thank you so much for being here with us today. Virtually. We're excited to have you. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. I am actually really excited for this episode because believe it or not, I don't know the come to story of we met at acme and how your podcast started so i'm excited to hear that but before we get into all things Lindsay, we met at acme don't expect salads which we'll also talk about love that account (laughs) um would love to hear from you if you've seen anything lately in the media we always start our podcast with a what the actual fork moment so something that Mm. stops you in your tracks and makes you say like what the actual fork is this shit so anything related to nutrition body image dieting just crazy stuff in the media Mm. I mean it's always something as you guys know best um recently I saw so you know when you're following someone and they're like totally neutral and then they kind of like change their platform and start saying things that you did not sign up for. And then you're like, Oh no, like this dialogue, I, I didn't intend to follow, but this person I'm following just became a, a, you know, dietitian and decided to tell me her thoughts and whatever that happened to me recently. Like a girl that I think is so sweet and like normal. Um, and I still think that she's sweet and normal, but, um, I, she just started posting like, graphics about like infographics that she created and one of them is like um you should be counting your calories and I'm just like please stay out of my feed like I was following you because like you're with my you know ex-boyfriend and like we became friends during that but now all of a sudden this is like in my so to me that's like what because that's not something that like I would ever do Um, and I just hated that. And like, it's not anything crazy or different and it's probably not exciting, you know, of a story, but I was just like, no, this is really annoying. I don't want to be told that in my feed, which is supposed to be like, you know, fun times and, and babies and all the things. It's so funny you say that because somebody messaged me yesterday and was like, have you, and I won't drop the name, but have you seen the updates to so-and-so's account? Like all of a sudden she's X, Y, Z. And I was like, unfollow, just unfollow. Um, no. But I was just getting lost in your don't expect salads page because I didn't know that existed. I apologize and need to hear just more about you, Lindsay, for oh my God. just like how all of these incredible pages came to be. I mean, between the three of them, you have like a million followers on here. Um, and the accounts are so different. And I would just love to hear just a little bit more about you and how it all started. 
Totally. So just like a little background on me, I'm 32. I'm married from New York. Um, and when I was growing up, my parents, they never gave us vegetables. Like they were not the, the parents that were like, here's a plate of like, you know, chicken and pasta and broccoli. They were just like, Oh, here's chicken and pasta. And I don't know like why I think originally my mom was like, well, you just like, weren't going to eat the vegetables. So we weren't going to like give them to you and have you not eat them. So my whole life growing up, I ate the same thing for dinner. It was chicken cutlet, like breaded chicken cutlet with pasta. And then sometimes it would be like hot dog with mac and cheese, but like the variety was not a lot. It was really just like, you know, protein and pasta. Um, and never was I given a salad. And so growing up, I never ate a salad. I did not have my first salad and I'm not even exaggerating until I was maybe 25. And so all of my friends, like it was just like, so me to like not eat salad. And because of the way that I grew up, I had a very basic diet. Like, you know, everyone has that one friend that like only eats like white foods or like chicken fingers. Like that was, that was me. And I, I'm not going to fully blame my parents, but like, it obviously is kind of their fault. And when Instagram became a thing, like my friend, I would post my food all the time to my personal account. And my friends would be like, don't like, stop posting your food to your personal account. Like we want to see pictures of you, like make a separate account to post food, but food accounts weren't like a thing at the time. This was like 2013. And I was like, okay, fine. So I did. And, um, at first I called it like food of New York or something. And my best friend was like, what? Like call it what it is. Like you never eat salads, like call it like no salads or something. And so that's how we came up with don't expect salads. And I was just like, from then on posting all the things that I was eating that none of which were salads. That is amazing. (laughs) And we talk a lot about like exposure for children of certain foods. So like you said, your parents were doing the best they could with the resources that they had. Um, but you didn't eat a salad until 25. So I have to know, do you enjoy eating salads now or vegetables? What has your relationship with vegetables been like since you've started to expand your palate? Okay. It took me a long time. And I think that's also because, and like, I, am I allowed to like talk about drugs on here? hundred percent. Okay. Anything you feel comfortable with. Okay. I think that's also because I was like, I love smoking weed. And when you smoke weed, your palate like is like Cheetos, you know, and like things that are not um, healthy also. So it was like a mix of what I had known and the fact that I like smoked a lot of weed in college and whatever. And the combination of all of that, like equaled just unhealthy foods when, so my gateway salad, which like often is a thing, was a Caesar salad. And I had a Caesar salad and I was like, oh, like this, this is not bad at all. Like this is extremely flavorful and delicious. Like this is basically, like this is amazing. And then slowly became like more interested in salads. Still to this day, there are salads that I don't like. I'm sure the same with you guys. Um, but like I, I now do really love vegetables. I think I had to start cooking on my own and things like that 
to really understand and appreciate vegetables. And like, I wish I had done that earlier, or at least like was in the kitchen with my parents while they were cooking. Cause I feel like when you get exposed, like when you have a hand in cooking something or like, you know, the experience of something, you are less like afraid of how it tastes and things like that. I don't know. What do you, what do you think? Like when would, when were your first salads? (laughs) (laughs) It makes me laugh so hard. I was just thinking about how yesterday my son has been obsessed with, he's two and a half. He's been obsessed with this one episode of Blippi that's from like a million years ago where he food shops for frozen raspberries and then makes a smoothie. Like you go to the farm, you figure out where the raspberries are from and he's so invested in it. We literally had to go out to Whole Foods to buy, because that's the closest store to me, to buy frozen raspberries to make him a fucking smoothie. And (laughs) He made it himself. It was amazing. And then he was like, no, thank you. What? <laughs> After he made so, it, he didn't want it? Didn't want it. And then he proceeded to turn the blender on without the lid on. And like, oh, smoothie no. really fucking flies. But that's besides the point. But I think it just, it brings it full circle that I think the exposure is so important without expectations. Like the fact that he's interested in it is incredible and like eventually will lead to him trying it and maybe liking it. Um, But like food, like a raspberry to him is one thing. A raspberry blended up was like a no thank you, even, you know, right, so it, it right. comes down to texture and pickiness and choice mm-hmm. and like all the things. So 100%. I don't remember when my first salad was though. Probably <laughs> before I know, I 25. <laughs> But like, yeah, definitely before 25, but like my, my mom who did the majority of the grocery shopping in our home, like only bought iceberg lettuce. Like, I don't think I had like spinach until I was probably well into my twenties. Like I was an iceberg lettuce girl through and through, Yeah, which I still love a good iceberg, like that crunch. Um, Romaine. Like I've been on a Caesar salad kick. So when you said Caesar, I was like, oh, that sounds so good right now. Yeah. Ugh. So, but yeah, we, something Jen and I definitely talk about a lot with clients and we've had a lot of dietitians who specifically work with kiddos on this show is like you said, the exposure is so important, just being in the kitchen because what you see as a child, that is normal to you, right? Like you not Mm. having vegetables, that was just normal. That's what life was. And so, but just like you've explained on here, you can expand your palate. You can try new things. You can learn new things. You get to rewrite what that narrative or that relationship with vegetables or salads, for example, um, can be, which is really cool. So that explains the, the don't expect salads account, which has beautiful food on it. Now let's talk about we met at Acme because like you said, you're married now. Um, and for listeners, we have a mutual friend who just happens to be your amazing sister-in-law who is the sweetest human ever. So talk to us about how we met at Acme started and how it's evolved over the years too. Mm -hmm. So then fast forward (laughs) to a world where I am eating salads, um, and dating and, I was always, you know, obsessed with relationships and just like how they work. I was kind of a serial monogamist. Um, and I was just like fascinated by people's stories, how they met and, and all that stuff. And I was admittedly a little boy crazy because I went to an all girls school growing up. And so like, I just didn't have it. So I wanted it. Um, and when I turned 27, I was dumped on my birthday and it was like out of nowhere. And keep in mind, like at this 
point, I was like the person everyone went to in my friend group for like boy advice. So I was like, oh my God, like clearly I know nothing about this subject that I think I know everything about. And so I was like, I need to start talking to people. And so I started, I had like a friend come over and we recorded our conversation and it was so unscripted. Like it, not that it's scripted now, but it was just very much like off the cuff then. And we recorded it and I released it as my first episode. And I had no idea even what a podcast was at the time. Like there was, there was only like serial that podcast about like, you know, that murder. And um, so I didn't think anyone was going to listen to it. Like I was naming names of people that I know. And then all of a sudden, like people were listening and I was like, oh my God, this is crazy. And so since then we met at Acme has bloomed into like, a more legitimate dating podcast where we have like therapists and dating coaches and, and all sorts of people talking about all things dating and, and more. And so it's been really fun. I've learned so much. That's so awesome. I feel like the name too is so amazing that I have to know, like, what is the root of it? The root of the name at the time there was this, there still is there's this club called Acme in this, in New York city. And I was going out there and like meeting people, no one like legit, um, but people that I would like, you know, hook up with and whatever. And I just thought it was like, you know, we met at was like, oh, it's obviously a dating podcast. And then like Acme, it's like, oh, it's the place that we're all going out. So I just, I don't know. I just thought it sounded fun. Like it made no sense really, but then it made sense and it just, it sounded right. Well, the asshole dietitian and me thought it was the grocery store. Same. Do you get that all the time? Mm -hmm. Everyone does. Everyone does. It's so funny. Acme is a grocery store. Acme is like a Lox brand. Like Acme is so many things. Wait, like you need to get a paid ad from Acme supermarkets though, because how many people probably are like shopping there because they're like, well, Lindsay met someone here. <laughs> like, I agree. I, I agree. think about the one in Hoboken. Remember that Same. One? I lived right by it. My car got towed right outside of it. Oh, that's flashbacks. so nice. Oh my gosh. Well, that is so amazing to hear. And that it's so crazy to see how like podcasting is now like everyone has a podcast, but you were doing it before everyone was doing it. Didn't even like set out with necessarily a plan of like, this is how I'm going to attack this, but just having true authentic conversations, uh, which obviously you still do. I listened to one of yours, your most recent episode this morning about like different types of like fighting and conflict. And I was like, oh my God, I have so much to work on. It was so good. (laughs) So we will link that one in the show notes, but I had a question I wanted to ask, um, and Jenna, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I know that you and I both support a lot of clients who are healing their relationship with food and body. And I find that a lot of my clients who are single, regardless of their age, like, so truly I see this across the board. I support younger clients in their twenties. Our oldest client was 79, who we actually talked about dating as well, um, but they have like so much insecurity with being single. I see this theme and even with like friends, not just clients. But so I would love to hear from you. Like, can we, we don't want to be like toxic positivity where it's like, oh no, like your insecurities are invalid. And like, here's why you should love being single. But because, you know, there's, there's pros and cons to both, but I would love to talk about what are the perks of being single when you're coming into really learning about becoming your most true authentic self and 
just anything that you can share on that. Yeah. It's so funny. Cause I get that question like a lot, just like, how can I, you know, enjoy being single? And I do think it's so important to enjoy it. And again, like don't want to be toxically positive either, but it really is one of those things that like, if you enjoy it more, that comes through versus you hating being single and hating your single self and going out on dates. And like that will come through to people. There are so many amazing things about being single. And I understand that I'm saying this from a married perspective, but when I was single, I loved every second of it too. And the reason is because I'm such a curious person and I'm sure you guys are too. You have a podcast. All I wanted to do was like learn different things about different people. And so that was my favorite thing. I was like, I get to go on this date and like ask this random person questions that like I'm curious about because I saw their hinge profile and I already have so many questions for them. Like who is their mom? Like, why is she so hot? You know, like whatever it is, like I always was so curious. Like I almost like went into dates being like, okay, at the very least, like I make a new friend. I'm just, I'm so curious about this person. At the very least, I learn something about someone new. And then I also think just like freedom wise, being single is so fun because like, think about, you know, where you guys are, you have kids and like, you have a family and you have to think about that all the time. And like, when you're single, you literally can be as selfish as you want. Like it is about you. If you want to go see a movie for three hours one night and like, cause you can, then you do that. You know, if you want to go get a massage after work, like you do that. If you want to go home with the bartender, guess what? You don't have any guilty conscience, you know? And so I think it's more about like focusing on the positives. And I always also say like, if you do, let's say, meet your person in, in a month and you're 32, you're going to spend the rest of your life, hopefully, you know, with that person. And so, like, you're going to have plenty of time to not be single. You only might have, like, a month left in your singleness, you know? So it's like, live it up because in no time, it will be gone. And, like, you'll be like, I was rushing through this thing. There are so many things that I've learned through podcasting specifically of like, God, I wish I knew that when I was in my 20s. Yes, there's so much. I was like, I wish I like did all this work on myself before finding my But I also always consider myself a selfish person, but like I wasn't selfish enough because now I'm like, I would die to go to the movies by myself. Right. How old were you guys when you met your partners. I was really young. I met my now husband when I was 23, turning 24. Um, and yeah, your turn. And I feel like I'm like, like like, I was like, Jenna, how old was I? I was literally going to come to you. (laughs) Jenna was my boss at the time. Yeah. You were right out of college. Yeah. Right. Right out. Uh, I think 23. Cause it was like after the dietetic internship. Yeah. But that was going to be my question for you, Lindsay, when you met Steven, were you already going to therapy and like uh, you I know you said you've always been a curious person but were you very self-aware of your behaviors and your mental health and all of those things or do you feel like it was a younger version of you who's evolved in your marriage that's such a great question and I feel like there's two people there's like the you guys who like meet your partner early and like you work on yourself in that relationship and like grow together and then there's me and Steven we met when we were 29 
And I had done so much work on myself. I am positive that Steven would not have been maybe like physically, but not emotionally attracted to me if we had met like a few years earlier, even like even a year earlier, probably um, because I had done so much inner work and I was a completely different person meeting him than I would have been at 25, which is ironically when I actually did meet him for the first time, but like in passing. Um, and so I think that there, like, and of course there's in-betweens, but it always kind of happens that way. You either meet them like before you've done anything and somehow it works out and it's, it's a very lucky thing, or you meet them when like you are that like, you know, not finished because we're never finished, but like better version of yourself and you're more self-aware. And I feel like when I met him, I was like, I deserve him. Do you know what I mean? Because I had done the work. That is so cool and so beautiful to hear. Jen, I'm handing it over to you. No, I was just going to say, it's just, it puts so much into perspective because my husband and I, we actually had this conversation while we were away last week and like, he's been working on himself a ton more recently. Um, We're pregnant with number two right now. And he's like all into this, like, thank you with like meditation journey and whatever else. And he like said to me, he's like, I really don't know like how you stayed with me because I was a fucking disaster when we and I was like, well, because I was too. Like, and yeah. so just hearing you say that and like the growth and evolution of our relationship is, um, is it's just very on point with what you said. I would love to hear because I have one to share. Just like before we get into the the good stuff and the chunk of this episode, like what is the craziest? And I know your Instagram account is so engaged. You have people responding to everything. Like. What is the craziest dating story that you've heard? Oh my God. <laughs> There's so many. There's so many. There, there, okay. There used to be this like viral guy in New York who it's so gross. So I'm just warning you like trigger warning poop. Um, who... We talk about poop all the time on this okay, podcast good. Okay, with good. stomach bugs <laughs> floating around our home. So let it, let it rip. Literally. There was a guy who had like a, a poop fetish, like, and he used to put something in like the girl's drink at dinner that like made her shit herself. And he would like always make the dinner or like the drinks like right next to his apartment So they'd be like, oh, I really don't feel well. And he'd be like, oh, my apartment's like right upstairs. Like somehow coerce them into like shitting in his apartment. And it's like this disgusting. I bet it's still on my highlights somewhere because it's so crazy. He did it to like a bajillion girls in New York City. And it was the most disgusting thing and I don't know how he got away with it. Wait, I need to need to find this. Let me see if it's still there. I was going to ask, like, did any girls, like, expose a picture of him or expose his account? Or did he stay under, like, a separate poop disguise? Did, actually. I think I think they did. And I think it's in this highlight. Um, I'm going to look for it. Oh, my gosh. I'm cracking up. I was I not oh, I found it. I found that. it. It's the first highlight of my of my highlights (laughs) this is crazy okay he lives in the upper east side okay he takes these he takes these girls out in new york city 
He wines and dines them. And then he slips laxatives into their drink. So they shit their pants because he has a a fetish for it. He lives in the Upper East Side and he'll be like, oh my God, what's wrong? Let me take care of you. I have a washer dryer. And and then girls have apparently, guys, this is bad. You're going to throw up. It's all right. And then girls have apparently walked in on him eating their underwear. Mm-hmm. What? Oh my yep. god. Wait, the highlight is like long. There's like 12 people. Okay. So it's like but... once you kind of posted about it, then people started people like, started writing like it this, happened Glamour, to me, this happened to me. Glamour wrote an article about it. <gasps> Oh, how so horrifying odd. is that? There's guys? a new TV show on Hulu about like the age of influence and all the things oh, that yes, yes. can be exposed. I feel like they should have done an episode on this. They need to. It's not too late if you're listening from Age of Influence. <laughs> okay, so a clear red flag would be walking in on a guy eating your shit filled underwear. <laughs> But Jenna, I'm going to pass it over to you to ask whatever question you had teed up next. (laughs) So I think just like knowing that we are a food freedom based podcast and knowing that body image and a person's individual relationship with food is so tied to their relationship with their self and self-confidence in a lot of ways, I would just love to just open the dialogue between the three of us about just how those two things connect to somebody's ability to put themselves out there and their dating in general. Um, I think this could also go into like a sex life conversation too, because I know when someone is not feeling confident in themselves and their body or their relationship with self, um, their ability to want to be naked in front of somebody else is also very different. So just from your professional opinion or expertise or just what you've seen or conversations that you've had, like how that connects. Yeah. And for some reason, I just got triggered thinking about the Vanderpump Rules reunion when he was like, you left your t-shirt on during sex. (laughs) I don't know if you guys have talked about that yet, but that is jail for saying that. Um, I I do get this question a lot of kind of like, I don't feel like I, I don't feel good in my body right now. Should I be dating? Like I'm not feeling secure. And it's, it's a tough one because it's like, I hear stories all the time of people who were like, Oh my God, like when he met me, like I hated, like I was, I was, you know, and this is someone talking about themselves or like, I was gross and like he loved me anyway and like now you know he gets like this great version of me and so I think it's different for everyone I think it kind of depends how you act when you're not like happy in your body like I always say you know I have a set of rules for dating and like one of them is like show up to the date in a good mood and I think that goes both ways for men and women um and if you're not going to show up to the date in a good mood because you hate yourself and the way you look then like you probably shouldn't be dating, you know, because when we're dating, we want someone who's going to like make our lives better and easier. Um, And if you're someone that like brings other people down when you hate yourself, then definitely I, I would say don't date. But if you like can kind of accept, like I'm not feeling my best tonight but like I still want to meet someone and like I still want to you know I'm still curious about people and I'm still you know worthy of dating I think it's all about like you know your 
attitude and your acceptance of yourself. Um, and if you are at a place where you're like rejecting yourself, I feel like it's much, it's going to be much harder to date, uh, because that will come through like the same thing with like hating being single, like don't go out if you hate being single, but go out if you accept being single and like understand the positives of being single. And it's, and it's like the same kind of thing. I don't know. What do you guys think? I, I totally agree with you. I think, I mean, I, I do think of myself in that situation when you said that, because that I was more like what you spoke about when you said you've heard people say, you know, I hated myself and yet I still met this person who thought, who thought I was beautiful, but I hated my own body so much. And so that's definitely when I met my now husband at the time I was so disordered with my relationship with food and body and I would binge drink and self-sabotage and, and do all of these things. Um, so again, from a lived experience perspective, I'm like still go, but then the professional hat comes on, like the certified intuitive eating counselor hat comes on. And I do. And I also wonder about this for myself. I think I pull what ifs out all the time. Like what if, like more of a Lindsay situation where what if I was in a dating scene when I had already done the self work, like, you know, you just play those what if scenarios in your head because would it have been so different? So I think that I, my advice to someone would be still put yourself out there. But like you said, if you don't feel like you're in a good mood that night, you can always cancel the date. But what if in addition to dating, you were also working with a professional to heal your relationship with your body. Because I think what we, how we act about ourselves, what energy we put out there, we attract. And like you said, you want to find someone that makes you feel better, you know, adds to your life. And so if you love yourself, then it's going to create such a better relationship for everyone involved. I think it's yeah. so interesting because I, with my own personal relationship with my now husband, when we met, I was like, I was never like, okay, <laughs> but, but I was in a much less disordered space than I was when we got engaged. And I think about like our relationship as a cycle and like the worst phase of our relationship was right around our wedding. And right after the wedding, when I was in my deepest of poor body image, poor relationship with food space. But like when we met, we always joke like on our first date, I actually ordered two dinners because I was so fucking poor that I was like, we're at my favorite restaurant in Hoboken. I would like to get one to go. That's amazing. Somehow that's so ballsy. Like, I love that for you. That's he tells incredible. people this story all the time. And I was like, I would never do that now. Like, I don't know who that person was. Um, But, you know, I think about like us sharing like a pasta meal or going to that Italian restaurant together then. And I was so confident in myself and my relationship with food at that time. And then that spiral of the the less confidence and how it impacted our relationship over anything else. Like we couldn't share drinks together. We didn't share meals out together because I was so restrictive, quote unquote, and like pulling back on so much that I lost so much of the joy of dating. So I think right. my answer for that would be, you know, understanding that the person that you are meant to be with is seeing your inside and your outside. 
And like your confidence in yourself and your relationship with food is a reflection on your relationship with your partner too. Yeah. Wait, I'm so curious, Jenna, you mentioned like your wedding um, being like a darker time. How old were you guys when you got married? I was 28 and like I just turned ish 28 and I always like joke like I was the drunkest person at my wedding because I didn't drink for months leading up to it because of the quote-unquote calories that like I started at brunch in the morning getting ready drinking champagne and like I don't remember the last couple hours of my wedding you know because I wasn't eating enough either and so you know looking back on it there's so many things I would have done differently and like the next couple years of um my the next couple years of our relationship in my life was really when I took like the deep the deep dive. Yeah. Yeah. These questions. I mean, it's, it's such a good thing to think about because it's Jen, I like that you brought up, like you couldn't share drinks. You couldn't like eat food. You couldn't do any of these things. And it's interesting because my disorder was like almost the opposite where I was self-sabotage, like diet culture rebel, where I was like, fuck it. I'm going to eat all the things, drink all the things like to a point of physical unpleasantness. So dating me was like dating a party animal because I would do all of the things, but to a point of feeling unpleasant. So like opposite of restriction. Um, but it makes so much sense that it, it impacts our dating and it impacts how can we be present in a date if we're calculating how many calories we're eating, right. Or if we're not allowed to have certain things on the menu. Or how can you even be intimate with your partner if you can't look at yourself in the mirror, right? And I know that that's, there comes with privilege to be able to say that and a lot of my own personal work, but I also know that in that, I hope my mom doesn't listen to this episode, but I also know that (laughs) in like parts of my relationship with my husband, when I was so dissatisfied with myself, like there was no sex because I just, if I was like an ounce quote unquote bloated in my, in my mind, like that was just not something I was able to engage in. And I think that I have worked with a lot of clients who report like a low sex drive. And when we get into it, it's not that the drive's not there. It's that the relationship with self needs that work and, you know, not eating enough food also impacts our sex drive for sure. But, you know, it's truly the ability to it's self-confidence really. And I think that ties into this conversation so well and could be, I I am not an expert in it, but those are my two cents. Yeah, no, that's so true. Like when, when I'm like feeling good in my body, like I want to be naked more and like, I want to be hooking up more and like, you know, it's just, everything starts with that. And, and like when I, I'm not feeling good or like I, you know, overdid it and, and ate too much. You know, it's the same, it's the same thing. Like I'm, I'm no, like I'm too full, like no, whatever. And so I do feel like your sex life is definitely affected by how you're feeling about your body for sure. I think it, to piggyback off of that, it's how we feel about our body and bodies in general. And I think of, as an intuitive eating counselor, one of the evidence-based assessments we use, there is a behavioral part that's like, I avoid physical intimacy. So I assess all my clients and a lot of them check that box. And when it comes down to it, I know 
we've talked a lot about like how you feel about yourself, but then it comes back to like, what are your beliefs about bodies in general? Right. Because if it's saying like, if I'm in a air quotes, bigger body or reside in a larger body, I'm not worthy of pleasure. Is that a belief that we hold? Because if we have to shrink our body in order to get intimacy, well, can we be curious about why we have that belief? Um, so I feel like we could go into like seven different episodes right now. With the, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The deep dives that we're doing well, here. I but also, it's, it's awesome. um, just like one more note on that. Like I, I am someone who like likes to be on top during sex. And I remember like when I would first sleep with someone, like they'd be like, Oh my God. Like, you know, I, I'm never like a girl never wants to be on top when, when I'm hooking up with her, like, this is so rare. And like, maybe they were just like, you know, being nice because they wanted to have sex. But um, like, I remember thinking like, what? Like, that's so crazy. You know, like, why wouldn't a girl want to be on top? And I like spoke to girlfriends about it at lunch. And like, one of my girlfriends was like, you know, the angle, it's just like, they could see like everything. It's just like, it's such a bad angle. And I was like, what? Like, you think that he's thinking about like your fat rolls? Like he's thinking about like your boobs and your ass and like coming, like, sorry. Like he's not thinking about like how you have a double chin, like from that angle. Like that's just not what men are thinking like I'm positive of that um and so it's just like it's so unfortunate that like you know women can sometimes I'm sure men too could like get in their head about like oh this position that like feels really good for me I'm just not going to do it because of the angle like no a man would never think that way never and I don't remember if it was on your podcast or where she was talking about it it may have been your episode with her, but Victoria Garrick Brown Mm. was talking about how she started to recognize like in intimacy, she was thinking about how she was being perceived versus focusing on the pleasure itself. And I can't, I'm sure if we did, and maybe you've done a poll on this, because I know you do so many polls, Yeah, how many women would vote? Like, are you thinking about pleasure? Are you thinking about how they view you? I'm going to do that poll. Yeah. And then match that with the ability for a woman to have an orgasm because that's what's preventing it. I mean, there's Mm -hmm. many other factors, but that's a huge mental block right there too, that like, you just, you really start to think about like the connections between body and mind. And it's like, it's mind blowing. Oh my God. (laughs) Like the position that I can have an orgasm in is the most unattractive position ever I don't care like that's what works for me you know like yeah and if I did the one position where like you know you like I don't know if you guys know what I'm saying here but like you know when like, you're I'm on a pretzel. top like <laughs> I'm like um I really hope my sister-in-law isn't listening to this episode now we'll tell okay. Dana Green to skip this part literally but like you Dana. know when you're on top and like you kind of like like go back a little bit like that is, you know, probably in some people's minds, like a really flattering position, right? You can't orgasm from that position. Like you have to be hunched over, like, you know, like Gollum, um, if you really want to like have an orgasm. And so like, it does definitely restrict you from the pleasure that you deserve to be caring what you look like. Yes. And I think, I mean, not to like wrap this up into a bow because we never do that. 
But I think from the perspective of like everything that we're saying, there's never a bad time to start evaluating your relationship with not only your sex life, but also your body, your relationship with food and how that could be preventing pleasure in like so many different areas of your life that maybe you were blaming a lack of relationship or whatever else on something completely different. And it could be as easy as not, it's not easy, but it could be as simple as starting with stopping, ignoring the thoughts that are bubbling up about yourself and start like honoring them and, you know, working with somebody to, to work through them instead of ignoring them. Yeah. I love that. All right. So my last question for you, Lindsay, and then Jenna, we'll make sure you don't have any last questions. If you could tell listeners, like, what are the three most basic red flags? Like, okay, I'm no, I feel like for- she always says four. You always put okay, up a four. four. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're right. Let's, let's stay on brand. Let's stay on brand. So give us like four and they don't have to be the most, but I know you see these all the time. And I'm sure with all your polls, what are four red flags if someone is single and dating and just kind of casually dating or they've met a new partner? What are four red flags to look out for? Mm. So some of these you're going to be like, oh, this is just obvious, but you, you'd be surprised. Um, I would say number one, like how they treat people who can do nothing for them is so important. You know, like wait staff, a doorman, person like in front of them in the subway. Um, I would say number two, and this is more for like, if you're a woman dating men, but like how they treat the women in their lives, like what their relationship is like with the women in their lives. I always find it to be a very big red flag when like you're dating a man who has a sister, but they're like not close with her at all. But like the sister is perfectly normal. Um, I don't want to say like man and their mom relationship because that can always be complicated. I don't try. I try not to judge that one too much. Um, I would say number three is how they talk about their exes and like their past. And if they're like, oh yeah, she was so crazy. She was such a bitch. Like they're probably the problem. Um, And then I would say number four is like their outlook on like how um, like on working on themselves or lack thereof, like their self-awareness. You know, many guys are anti-therapy and it's like, unfortunate um and i wouldn't say it's a deal breaker but it's like okay so what so what do you do to work on yourself if you're anti-therapy um and like let's hope they have a good answer to that or at least like explain why they're anti-therapy um but i i would say those four i love that they're amazing i have no outstanding questions except where is the preferred place for people to find you So many different places, but um, you can find me wherever you listen to podcasts at We Met at Acme. If you don't expect salads, you can follow Don't Expect Salads to see not salads, except I do do a series sometimes called Non-Salad Salads, which are like salads that basically are cheeseburgers. You know what I'm talking about. The best kind of salad. That's the kind of salad we want to be eating. Uh, Well, Thank you, Lindsay, so much for being here with us. I'm super excited to share this episode because we haven't really talked a lot about physical intimacy on this podcast. So and this I think will be it's a, a so good one. important. I yeah, really, totally. I think we skip over it because I skip over it because my mom listens to the podcast. <laughs> so does mine. <laughs> Hi, mom. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank Lindsay. you guys so much. <laughs> 
Thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of What the Actual Fork Pod. We know there are a lot of pods out there and we are so grateful that you are here listening with us. So if you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to subscribe, like, share with all of your friends and faves, and don't forget to rate and review and let us know what you want to hear more of. The more we hear from you, the more that we can make these episodes exactly what you want. We would also love to connect with you on Instagram at what the actual fork pod. We promise to continue to bring you the hottest topics, greatest guests, and the most fun you can possibly have fighting diet culture bullshit. We love you, we appreciate you, and we will see you next week for more fun.